This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by touringplans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation, Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line? This is how you do it, touringplans.com. Disneyland, you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line, touringplans.com. You can optimize your touring plans, check the crowd calendar, do all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check that out over at touringplans.com. They're the sponsor of this week's episode of the Disney Film Project Podcast. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, everything going back to the Walt Disney Studios and the Walt Disney Company. We talk about it here on this program and over at DisneyFilmProject.com. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, and along with the folks you are about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find show notes for this very show. You can find Blu-ray and DVD reviews, topics of interest, and reviews going all the way back to the Disney shorts of the 1920s, so make sure you go and check that stuff out over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining me as always, we have our fine film experts. First of all, a man who has always been able to fly on his own with no assistance from machinery, Mr. Todd Perlmutter. Yes. And I don't need super strength either. Nope, not at all. Nope. It's a neat trick, folks. If you're ever down in the Orlando area, you should ask him to do it for you. Yeah. I don't flap my arms, though. No. That's just not unbeco- that's unbecoming for a man of your station. Yeah. also requires a lot of deodorant. True. Good point. Also joining us, of course, from all sites on the internet, it is the one and only Miss Rachel Cole. How are you, Rachel? I'm doing great. Um, I actually have some new reviews up on Just Press Play, so go check those out. Um, among them is a review for uh, TV Land's The X's Seasons 1 and 2, which was kind of fun. Uh, enjoyable little show, especially if you like um, kind of traditional sitcoms. Very cool. And, of course, our producer who keeps the trains running on time around here and uh, makes everything happen is Miss Cheryl Perlmutter, who you can find on Twitter, at CherylP3. How are you, Cheryl? I'm okay. Doing good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. All right. So today uh, we are all going to be the monkey's uncle uh, because we're going to talk about the 1965 Walt Disney picture, The Monkey's Uncle, the sequel to the 1964 Misadventures of Merlin Jones the fact that the sequel came out about a year after the original should tell you the amount of production value that goes into The Monkey's Uncle. Did anyone there. see the uh, the catch line on this one, on the poster? No, I did not. Okay, the top of it says, Look, Dad, no engine. Merlin smashes the laugh barrier in his man-powered flying contraption. That's a long tagline. You know what? That's a very long tagline. (laughs) You know what else I was thinking? That Disney missed a boat on? They could have done a Dexter Riley Merlin Jones crossover. They they could have. (laughs) And and that would have been frightening for all involved. I think it would have been awesome. Okay. All right. Well, you think so. 
it is interesting, though. I mean, this film deals with Midvale College, and uh, you know, Dexter Riley was dealing with Medfield College. And I'm just going to say it, I didn't see a lot of difference between the two campuses. I don't know about you guys. Other than the Joker wasn't around. Yeah. True. Good point. I make that joke because all of this was shot on the Disney lot. Uh, it was exactly the same campus. Uh, this is – I think we talked about this when The Misadventures of Merlin Jones came out, is that most people think, although no one's really ever come out and said it, that that film was basically the – kind of quote-unquote lost pilot for a Merlin Jones TV show. And this film follows the same exact formula. It's basically – it's an hour-and-a-half film, but it's basically two 45-minute segments uh, dealing with similar but not the same plots. So yeah. you could literally watch the first 45 minutes and then pick the other 45 the, – the second half of the film up the next day, and you're not going to feel as though you've missed anything. But they but they steal plots from my, – my, my joke of – Dexter Alley is is too because they steal the whole save the farm from the second episode from the Ellis College. Well, this one came first before those, didn't I know. it? I don't know. They still they still stole from themselves. Well, yes, absolutely they did. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like you don't go into this trying to learn something about the human condition. You go into this because you should know from the from the title there's a chimpanzee involved. <laughs> I, I'd rather eat cereal to get super strength, though, than drink whatever that green liquid was. Fair, fair point. <laughs> <laughs> so the entire the entire production crew uh, who worked on the Misadventures of Merlin Jones is back from writers, uh, director Robert Stevenson, who has this and other great Disney films like Treasure Island on his resume. He, uh, Tommy Kirk and Annette Funicello are back. Pretty much the entire cast comes back both, for the sequel. Both of whom had been let go. Yep. Before, then they had to be asked back by Walt to come do the movie. Which, this is another example, by the way, of if you if you ever read a Walt Disney biography or like the official company line and how how Walt always said, well, no, we don't do sequels. That's a pet peeve of mine because here's another example of the fact that Walt actually did do sequels because he was alive and he greenlit the movie. Yep. Yes. So don't let anybody tell you different kids. That's a myth. <laughs> so the monkey's uncle is uh, following up on Merlin Jones. It picks up pretty much almost like right after the first movie. It's, it's like the, if I remember correctly, the first movie ended with Stanley, the chimpanzee, uh, who was the lab experiment of Merlin. And like, it picks up right after that with Merlin adopting, petitioning the judge to adopt him. It was and, actually Norman's experiment. Oh, that's right. That's right. He uh, rescued so, him from Norman. He did. And Norman is in this movie. And dumber than he was in the first <laughs> <laughs> Which you would not think would be possible, but he makes it happen. <laughs> yes, Norman yeah. is back in the movie. Judge Holmesby is, plays a big part in this movie. Uh, this movie, the majority of the movie, is about saving football. The football yeah. program. <laughs> and very little to do with monkeys, to be honest. Yeah. It, it, the title is weird, right? Yeah. Well, I think That's they knew that they... If he adopted the monkey, how is he the monkey's uncle? Like, that, well, that, that doesn't quite make trial. sense. That's the yeah, they, they explained that in the first scene. Well, I mean, th 
okay, he's adopted it, but he's not its actual uncle. Like, they... I'm just confused by this distinction that he is specifically the monkey's uncle and not like it's, some other relative. Why isn't he the monkey? It's making a joke. Yes, that's all it is. <laughs> right. It's a joke. Yes. Right, because okay, because yes. it comes from the it comes from the phrase, right? It's yes. A, you know, I'll be a monkey's uncle, right? Which is mm-hmm. the Scopes trial and evolutionism yep. versus creationism, and exactly. the trial was all completely made up, right? So everybody knows that story, right? It wasn't like a real trial, like they staged the whole thing. Um. So because of that, you know, Walt just thought it was cute. I mean, look, when the Scopes trial was from, you know, 1925, you know, that's, you know, was part of Walt's growing up. So yeah, you do it that. But I don't think any discussion of this film, The Monkey's Uncle, which really the only reason that's the title is because it refers to Merlin Jones. It could, I, I personally think it should have been called The Further Misadventures of Merlin Jones. I think that would have been a better title. Yes. That would have been really good, actually. See, they should have hired us back in the 60s, Todd, when we went back in time and interviewed. I know. Annette makes really good tea. Yes, she does. She does. And, but the thing that most people, if you, if you bought those classic Disney CDs, if you guys remember those from like the early 90s, the thing that most people probably know from this movie is the theme song. Yeah. Which I believe yep. all of us have had stuck in our heads ever since we watched the movie. Oh, it's it's on my iPod to begin with, my iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> the regular one and the Devo version. Of course, because in the movie, and I was watching. I started the movie after supper the other night, and so my wife was, you know, cleaning some stuff up, and the, everyone else was kind of milling about. And she looks over and says, "That's Annette, right?" And I said, "Yes. In fact, that's Annette singing with the Beach Boys." of a Sherman Brothers song. And she looked at me and said, that's one of the most surreal sentences you've ever uttered to me. <laughs> but it's Indeed. what happened. Yeah. I, I think we should mention, too, that this is Mark Goddard's first movie. Yes. Yeah. Of, of Lost in Space fame. Of Lost in Space fame, which is about what most people remember him for, because all he does is is troll sci-fi conventions these days giving out <laughs> autographs. So. <laughs> Good point. But yeah, the opening song, The Monkey's Uncle, is is Annette uh, singing with the Beach Boys, a Sherman Brothers tune. This is like one of the Beach Boys' first big breaks. Uh, and Brian Wilson, I, was, I read an interview with him when I was looking into some things from the movie. Like He was just blown away because... You know, this was a similar time frame to, like, he looks back at it as I got to sing with Annette from the Beach Party movies. <laughs> My band is the Beach Boys, Beach Party movies. Right. And they weren't in any of those movies, but they were in The Monkey's Uncle. <laughs> um, Todd, I have to correct you. This is not his, only, this may be his first movie. It's, you're it's right. his first movie. Everything else is cheap right. before that. Oh, you're right. Uh, All right. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, I don't trust Wikipedia. I always verify things before I... No, I, no, I was looking it up, so it's fine. Yeah, so the film opens with just this random scene of, of the Beach Boys and Annette singing the song about the monkey's uncle and how he's ape for her. And she's ape for him. And and vice versa, yes. But it like it doesn't relate to anything in the movie. It's just them singing this song. In, and like in Arnold nobody, from Happy Days. That's exactly what it looks like. You're right. <laughs> and like nobody is, like nobody's looking or, or nobody else from the movie's there. It's just 
the Beach Boys and Annette. Like, that's the whole point. Yes. Which well, is kind well, of glorious. To the, back to the poster things, right? I, it's kind of funny because she sings, like, two songs in the whole movie, right? Right. Yep. And, and this is really, this is the catchy one. The other one is okay, but it's not that catchy. Right. right? But I love that the, one of the other posters that I saw, back to the poster thing, right, was it's You'll Go Ape. Okay. Wait, wait, no, not this one. I have to actually, there's two other posters. I go, here we go. He's got the brain. He's got the brawn. Now, mind you, that's Merlin and Norman, right, are who they show on the poster. She's yes. got the beat, and they've all got Stanley. Ouch. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, so, so Stanley, the chimpanzee, we just talked about the opening scene of the movie, which is basically where, you know, there's the song and then the, the real, the, when the movie really starts is after the credits, you know, uh, Merlin is trying to adopt Stanley, the monkey, the chimpanzee, uh, and Judge Holmesby makes the joke and, and says, you can't adopt him, but I will make him, I will make you the monkey's uncle just because I think Judge Holmesby doesn't like Merlin based on the last movie. Actually, like, he does, though. In this movie, he loves yeah. them. I know, yes. but it's like he yeah. makes this joke at his expense, and then he starts liking him again. <laughs> it's very confusing. There's, I'm just going to say, if you're looking for consistent character arcs, don't watch this. Also, it's done in the interest of science. Right. Yeah. And he's he's more concerned about the fact that he is a single male adopting this chimpanzee than he is that a human being is adopting a chimpanzee. Well, I, remember he he slept in bed with Stanley, right? Like Stanley, like crawled into bed and hung out with Judge. They are they're bonded. It's true. That's true. It's <laughs> a good point. Right, they're buddies from the first movie. I didn't. I forgot about that. But you're right. But the thing is, like Stanley doesn't play much of a part in the movie. He's a little bit in the first half and almost not at all in the second half. Yeah, he shows up with his binoculars for the flying sequence. Yeah. And that's all I really remember. <laughs> yeah, like he's there, but he doesn't really play a role. And even in the first half of the movie, he's a plot device, but like he's not really a part of it because Merlin takes him home, and the whole setup for the first part of the movie is Merlin takes him home and attaches these curlers to his head so that he can do sleep learning. So he's going to pump like learning into his brain through these electric nodes that he's attached to Stanley's head. And he basically just says things like, you know, like get up, turn on the coffee, take a shower, brush your teeth, that that Put kind of stuff. Put out the cat. Yeah. Put out the cat. Programming the monkey, not actually teaching the monkey. <laughs> right. And, but that's like the main plot device of the first part of the movie is that he's going to do this with other people, not just the monkey. But like once he starts doing it with other people, Stanley's out of the picture. True. Yeah. So the, the whole monkey part of the title is rather misleading. Well, except for the babysitter stuff. That's true. But again, it's a plot device, right? Like, it's just to introduce this quote-unquote love triangle between he and Lisa and, and uh, Jennifer, who is Annette Funicello's character, that yeah, and doesn't also the movie go out. anywhere. Yeah, there, there isn't really a love triangle. Right. It doesn't actually go anywhere because they have to wrap the episode before they get to the next one in the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's funny too because it like both halves of this one bookend exactly the same way. Yes. Right. Like first of all, this first half starts twice. Right. Yes. Because that's it's, right. 
right? Because it starts in the court and then it starts again in the bo- in the boardroom. Right. Because, yeah, after he does this sleep learning bit, there's this boardroom scene where Judge Holmesby is apparently on the board of regents at the college. And he has this ongoing argument with a number, another member of the board as to whether or not they should have football because apparently the football players have been cheating on their exams or cribbing, as they called it. Yes. And they're saying, well, if it's an institution of higher learning, we should, uh, we should not allow this sort of thing, so we should get rid of football. And, of course, Judge Holmesby played football, and he doesn't want to get rid of it uh, and says that you know, the football players are, are, going, are not going to cheat they're going to pass all of their examinations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Which sets up the main conflict for the first half of the movie. I, I yeah. did love the lecture on cribbing, though. Yes. The, the guy who's actually, there's a guy who's actually been spying on everyone and, and like figuring out how they're all cheating. And he gives like a five minute discussion of how he's caught football players cheating in the past, which relates to absolutely nothing. But it's funny. <laughs> well, there, I just, a lot of filler in this, if you couldn't tell. This, this is a universe in which a college is actually considering cutting their football program. And it's considered the underdog for most of this movie. This is a very strange universe that we are living in. That's a good point. In terms, of, in terms of movies, it's pretty much the opposite that goes on in movies all the time. So, mm-hmm. Although it's the 60s, so maybe it was a little different then. Lots of things Lots were of different things in the 60s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and so, so that's the setup, though, is that if the football players cheat, um, they, they will get kicked out or – or they have to pass their exams honestly. And so Judge Holmesby goes to the, the Moose, the fraternity where the football players are, where Norman and Leon from the first movie were. And basically he finds out that none of the football players are going to be – well, most of the football players will be able to pass except for Norman and Leon because they're too dumb, but they're the best players. Well, not because they're too dumb. Okay, this is a question I had. They go through about how the boys spend their time. Much later on in the movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you wonder if 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 that if that if how Merlin spent his time because they're like here's 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 how the boys spend their time. Never oh Merlin, you know how is Merlin managing to do all this? Merlin's inventing stuff. Yeah. But then and he that's, had that's to take stuff. the same tests. I mean, they they came up with only twenty three. They came up with twenty uh, only one hour for every student had to do something. Only three. The evidence presented in the trial at the end of the movie, or actually the end of this half of the movie, right? That's this half, right? Yeah, yeah this half. Yeah. It, it's it's really not evidence. There is no actual evidence of anything in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> including script writing. <laughs> Which it, I, I feel bad because I'm like we're sort of bashing it a little bit, but like it, this is fun. I will admit, like I actually had a little bit more fun with this one than the first one because it's it's so silly. Like they, it's almost like they said, you know what, this is kind of a silly madcap kind of a thing, and they rolled with it as opposed to trying to make it a little like adding a little more seriousness to the first one. Yeah. With the you know the teen driving and all that stuff that was in the first one, this one they're just like no 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 we're we're gonna come up with a silly sitcom esque concept and we're gonna roll with it. 
Yeah. The only problem is that the first half is way too long. I yeah. feel like the first story there's there's not enough for the amount of time that they spend on it. Yeah. I one of the to what we were saying Ryan is I kind of sort of feel like if you look at Tommy Kirk throughout the movie it looks like in almost every conversation he gets in he's about to burst out laughing and holding it back completely. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah, and Annette is playing it so straight too. Yeah, I mean, that's, I that's the way she does it. Quiver, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Uh, something else I also noticed comparing this one to the first one. In this one, he seems to insult her a whole lot more than he does in the first one. <laughs> yes, he does. I don't know how uh, how or why Annette is still with him after the first part of this movie. Yeah, because <laughs> she's ape for him. I don't believe she is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> so the whole situation is set up, basically, so that they've got to get Norman and Leon to pass. So the judge is like, we have to figure out a way for them to cheat honestly. Which, just, you know, think about that. Uh, and I love how a politician yeah. comes up with the cheat. Comes up with this idea. Honest way to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so he suggested they, they basically hook up with Merlin Jones and they invite Merlin to this dance, which I love the, it's, it's so bad that, but it's still funny where Annette is standing there and looking at the moves on the other side of the room and basically saying how awful they are. And then when they come invite her and Merlin to the dance, she thinks they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> that part made me laugh. Cause it's not like, you know, one minute and then the next. It's literally like she says it, they walk up, ask him, walk away, and then she ch- completely changes her mind all within the span of about a minute and a half. It's very nice. Uh, and so like they go. Berlin is consistently skeptical about everything that's going on in this half of the movie. Yes. Yeah, he's pretty adamant about about all of it. I mean, from minute one, like when they go to the dance and she's having a great time, he's still kind of weirded out by the whole thing. And when they invite him back to say, this is what we need from you, he, he's very skeptical. Um, and even when he's actually doing it, he's still sort of like, I don't know about this. Yeah. I did want to uh, chime in just because for the Stanley moment, there's this point where Stanley's reading a, reading a physics book. Yes, Right, but it's really a comic book inside, and I just want to say that you know he's reading a comic called Dog Debut, and I'm not really sure what it's about, but I looked up what issue of Dell Comics it would be, and it should be Mickey Mouse number 79, for folks who want to try and find that because it is available like on eBay and all sorts of other places. So, cool. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but uh, Fanographics uh comics has been reprinting the duck books the and they're they're doing uh mickey mouse books pretty soon as well so you can keep an eye out for that it might be included in one of those collections oh yeah i have several of them they're very nice so they come up with this idea right that they the first thing they figure is that they're going to try norman and leon uh to to get them to study but finally they decide, you know, Merlin comes up with the idea of, well, what if we do the sleep learning that we've been doing with Stanley? What if we do that instead? And the idea is, you know, they would attach the electric nodes to Norman and Leon. And then Jennifer, the Annette Funicello, reads them the information uh, about English literature that they need to know for the test. And the problem comes the next day when Norman is in class and gets asked the questions. He starts 
answering the question because he knows the answer, but he answers it with Annette's voice. <laughs> it was a little weird. It was more than a little weird. <laughs> yeah, this makes no sense. <laughs> no. no. But honestly, half the stuff that Merlin doesn't in both of these movies makes no sense, so it's okay. Yep. I, I mean, let's face it, that's really one of the important things about this. both of these movies is that Yes, they're completely dumb and inane 90% of the time, but honestly, it's like you can get in and get out. There's no morals to be learned. Yes. There's no, you know, you don't have to really become too attached to any of the characters. Yeah, so, I, would, I would totally agree about the no morals to be learned part, especially considering most of this, the first half of this movie is them figuring out, out how to cheat on college exams. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want your kids to grow up to be Merlin Jones, even though he's the hero of the movie. Yes. Because, let's face it, I mean, what you're not seeing is that, you know, when he graduates from college, he's not with Annette Funicello anymore. He's living alone (laughs) with a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Or she is, and he's on the... (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is not a story that that has a happy ending, I'm just saying. I think that's the fan fiction that people well, maybe, need to write. Wait, 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 maybe that monkey was from Monkeys Go Home. And maybe the monkey ended up happy because then oh. he had four gr- three girlfriends. Well, there's yeah. a chance the monkey ended up happy. I'm not saying that Merlin and, and Jennifer did, but that, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and so uh, the other thing that, we did, that I didn't touch on is that uh, when they go to the dance, they have to get a babysitter for Stanley. And the babysitter turns out to be this blonde girl named Lisa who Merlin is quite taken with uh, and that starts again as Rachel correctly pointed out what is intended to be but is not actually a love triangle because nothing really happens from it <laughs> she's actually more interested in the monkey than him yes that's, that's, that's the scary part of this she, she definitely is because the next bit that happens with them, skipping ahead a bit, is like she's, she's in there babysitting while he's trying to do some other stuff. And he comes home and she says, oh, I like this sleep learning stuff. Can I try it? And so he, he puts her on the same program as the monkey, the whole get up, you know, let the cat out, turn the coffee on, take a shower business. And so, of course, Annette walks in and thinks that they've been up to, you know – things that require somebody to go take a shower. But then basically they both turn on Merlin and leave. And that's the end of Lisa. We never see her again. No, we see her again in the, um, one of the the scenes. One of the scenes, Sean and Annette walk off together. Oh yeah. They walk up, but then they all celebrate. Like, I think that might've actually been a ploy just to celebrate. Yeah. Once the, at the very end of this half of the movie. But I mean, like, she the whole the whole issue with her and uh Jennifer just dies it's gone yep and and Jennifer's not mad at Merlin anymore and it's just it's just over yeah well Lisa's not in the second half of the movie no not at all so obviously Jennifer did away with her <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a safe assumption i think that's a safe assumption here, drink this stuff that Merlin made. <laughs> yeah. It'll <laughs> make you super smart. Yeah. I think I, you might be onto something there. There might be a darker side to this, uh, to this film that we hadn't considered, Todd. 
But yeah, so the, the the bottom line is they get Norman and Leon and they give them the, the information they need through the sleep learning. They go to take the exams and Merlin is in the exams. And for whatever reason, I think we're supposed to think it's because of the monkey, but it's not really explained. He's like scratching his ear or scratching his nose or whatever. Yeah, and it's like he's got allergies or something. I couldn't figure out yeah. what it was. That was I, really I, confusing. I thought, well, maybe it's just the monkey or... He says later on, he says, well, maybe I was nervous, and maybe it was that. But regardless, they don't explain it except for that it makes the teacher uh, suspicious, and the teacher signals the crazy <laughs> cheating guy who's hiding in the roof. Hiding in the roof. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that at all. <laughs> no, no. I don't think you're supposed to except for that it's silly and it's part of the thing. And so he takes pictures of Merlin, and it turns out they're not going to give Merlin nor the football players credit because they th- they think they were cheating in some way, shape, or form because they had the exact same answers, which would make sense because Merlin read them the material, you know, in his while they were sleeping, or recorded his voice reading the material. So of course they have the same answers, and there's a quote unquote trial in which. Judge Holmesby represents the football players, and the other guy who doesn't want football around represents the university, I guess. And as Todd said, the evidence presented in this trial is, I think you did it. No, I didn't. That's pretty much what it adds up to. (laughs) Now, the best part is, though, the judge completely calls the farcical nature of the entire thing throughout the entire time. He's, like, questioning the witnesses. You know, and on and on and on. And he even says to the guy, he, you know, he refers to him underhandedly as being stupid himself. So, you know, yeah. it's good. No, it's, it's, it's funny. And, you know, when they leave, then they, when they leave this little trial, they think that everything's going to be bad. And that's when the whole thing with Lisa happens. And then they finally get word back that, no, the, you know, Merlin gets called over to Judge Holmesby's house. And it turns out it's a surprise party of, of sorts that, they were all cleared, and football is fine at Midvale. <laughs> and then, like, the first half of the movie just ends. Most importantly, the judge says that sleep learning was declared an honest way to cheat by the board of the school. <laughs> right. Seems like a bad message to send by the board, I'm just saying. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you expect? Yeah. But also, Stanley plays episode. the piano. Stanley, well, plays is a loose term. Yeah. Indeed. Stanley bangs on the keys. Yes. That's what I do. And would you call that playing? Depends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hope Stanley is wearing those as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because in the instructions, there's no going to the bathroom. Correct. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the sleep learning instructions. So that's the sleep learning half of the film. The second half is the, uh, the Amazon drones with people in them. <laughs> also, before we get into that, back to the whole point of it being like two little TV episodes, is they actually even have like one of those black spots for a commercial break? Yes. Right between the two halves? Yep. Yeah. For credits or something, yeah. It's 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 very apparent that the only way they knew how to do this was like, oh, well, we'll just write it like a TV show. Now, we, 
we just went through the first episode the first episode of this very quickly. The second piece has like way more filler. <laughs> the second piece has the weirdest pl- plot ever. It, yes. Yeah. It is it is um I think it was Disney's attempt to you know, the 60s there was a lot of recreational drug use going on. And I think this was Disney's foray into getting people in that marketplace because there's some trippy stuff in this. <laughs> yeah. So the whole argument is going on in the boardroom again over football between yep. Judge Holmes and the other guy, right? And they're saying that they're going to have to do their fundraising campaign. And the non-football guy says, well, Mr. Asterbilt, this billionaire or millionaire that I've met, says, I will give the university a million dollars if they will give up football. I just realized something. Okay, so... Sorry, what was that? I said, what's what's that? Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I just realized that this is Glee. The guy who's always wanting to get rid of football is the Jane Lynch character, and the football team is basically the Glee Club. Like that is that is the format for the 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 further misadventures of Merlin Jones. So you're saying that Glee was based on the Merlin Jones movies? Yes, I absolutely believe it. <laughs> I could see that. Indeed, I could totally see that. Yep, and once again, this is acting under the presumption that a college would give up their program for one million dollars. In 1965, that might have happened. Yeah. Today, $1 million would be a nice donation to the football program. Yes. (laughs) And so Judge Holmesby is stuck because he's got to figure out, like, how is he going to save football because they need this money. And when he gets home, there is this guy in his study, Darius Green III, who (laughs) – Reads him a children's book. Yep. <laughs> the whole book. <laughs> it, this, is a, this is an actual book and poem, you know, right? I did not know that. but it Yeah, so it's not, it, it was not written for the Disney movie. It's actually a poem written by John Townsend Trowbridge. It's a okay. real thing. And it, this just happened to be a children's book version of it, which I think is actually perfect for this movie when you think about it. Yeah, yes. You mean in the sense that this guy is saying, take my relative seriously, and I'm going to read you this children's book all about it. <laughs> take Right, take me seriously. And the judge is like, who spends the entire last five to ten minutes of the other half of this movie calling the other guy completely stupid and inane actually buys this. Yeah. Yeah, because the whole thing is, the the children's book, the poem is... You know, uh, that my – he says it's his grandfather, and he says that the whole poem is about the fact that his grandfather tried to be the first man to fly without the use of machinery. Like basically it's just a guy and, you know, wings, and he wants to prove that this is – this can be done. And so he promises $10 million to Midvale if they can figure out a way to make this happen. To prove that his grandfather was not crazy for thinking this could happen. Spoiler alert, his grandfather was still crazy. If that <laughs> was indeed his grandfather. Uh, yes. Though I think we can pretty much assume not. Yeah. yeah. 
And so, of course, Judge Holmes, he thinks of Merlin Jones, and he takes uh, Darius Green the Third, this millionaire, to the college – I don't know what the they call shop. it. The malt shop. The malt shop. Yeah. Uh, Merlin to, works there in the first movie, if you remember. Yes. And he's not very good, and he continues to not be good. The one <laughs> thing that's consistency in the film, he's very bad at his job. He drops and, a lot of food, yes. Yeah, yeah. on salads, people, Salads and soups and all sorts of things. Right. And so Merlin says it can't be done, it can't be done, until finally he decides, well, maybe it can be done. And he has to figure out how to do it. And it, figure out how to make man-powered flight. And so... He comes up with all these different ideas, and Stanley's helping him around the lab and all this good stuff. And he finally determines that he needs someone strong, so he goes to the football team to get somebody to help him, uh, and he gets Leon. Now, No, they have to pull straws for Leon, yep. don't forget. Oh, you're right. right. They have to draw straws, which goes on for about an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, pacing is a little bit of an issue in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Also, wait, I, I have a question. So... In every other time I've ever seen straws get drawn in a movie, it's always drawing the short straw. And yes. in this one, it's drawing the long straw. Because then they can make that slide rule noise. I guess. <laughs> That's the only reason I can give you. <laughs> Fair. And so, yeah, Leon is the one who's, who's picked. Now, my issue with this is that Leon is not bigger than Merlin. But he plays football, so obviously he's stronger because that's the definition of football. Right, okay, but like, you're trying to pick somebody who has this, this crazy strength to do this, and he is the same size as Merlin. It seems like it would make more sense to get someone from the swim team, because you would want someone that's very strong, but also someone that probably doesn't weigh as much as, like, especially like the football players, where it's like about bulk. You would, you would, you would want maybe like a runner. Or a well, I was I was going to say a school that's having trouble holding on to its football team probably doesn't have a swim team. But they do <laughs> mention that later on in the film that 90,000 people are coming to see them play football. Yep. So how are they losing money? So maybe money not. Then? I, I don't know. That it doesn't make any sense. I mean, even at, even back then at two bucks a ticket, that's actually a lot of money for a <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like 90,000 is great attendance today for college football. Yeah. Really? It's like, why would you be giving up your football team if you have this many people coming to your games? Also, the four guys that they pick include, that include Leon, it's like Leon and Norman who have nothing physically in common, and none of these guys have anything physically in common. Like, I, I don't understand why Norman, why Merlin picked the four of them. Uh, I, I got nothing for you. Yeah. But so Leon is the one who's enlisted, and he perce- they proceed to try to work with Leon to figure out the ways that they can maximize Leon's potential. So Merlin shows him this very strange <laughs> video of aviation crashes that goes on for approximately three and a half days. Yep. <laughs> I, I actually love this because I feel like this you used to see those same – black and white clips all over the place when I was a kid. Sure. Right? You know, so I, I feel like it was very apropos. Okay. But, uh, I, but, you know, poor Leon. He's, like, wincing the entire time. 
Well, it's just clip after clip after clip of things crashing. <laughs> yes. And but but clearly Merlin the entire time is also reassuring him that this won't be you. Right. And so yeah, then Leon tries to leave. They finally get him back and they're trying to convince him and they figure out what they're gonna do and they finally figure out, you know, okay, this is what we're gonna have. It's basically a bike that powers the, the, the wings that flap kind of a thing. But but he's still not convinced. And so Jennifer sings him a song about how he can fly. Well, before well, sleep, that she, sleep learning. Before that, she compares him to the the Russian dog. Um, oh yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and she says that he's going to go down in the history books. And that's you know, the how Russian she is in the Guardians of the Galaxy, Ryan. Of course. Yep. <laughs> it's this, all connected, Todd. This was also <laughs> the point in which Eric was hoping that we would get a Rocketeer crossover here, but when we saw the design of it, I went, "Nope." Nope. I said I want to see Leon versus Condor Man in aerial <laughs> <that> battle. <laughs> Good call. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about the sleep learning. Like he he gets the the whole thing about how he can fly, and this is the part at which I went, okay, somebody was doing some substances that they should not have been doing on the Disney lot. Because <laughs> be it's fair. Leon in a in a can- human cannonball suit flapping his arms and diving through true life adventure footage. Yes. Well, without yep. pointing fingers, it may have been one of the stars of this film. That wouldn't surprise me. I would think the actor who played Leon would need something in order to do these <laughs> scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really terrible green screening with, with ducks. Oh, all the green screening is pretty terrible. I think you could have stopped that it's really terrible. Yeah, it, it. I'm watching this and I'm going. I, I don't know why this is here, and I don't really know, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> so I mean, that's the thing. Like you, that's the, a big chunk of this movie. You're watching it, and you're going, "I know this is terrible, but it's fascinating too." Yep. It's fun, terrible, right? It's it's like yes. the other movie that that is not, that Rachel was talking about with me earlier, and I said that sounds you know deplor- deplorably awesome. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right there you go. Yes, that's exactly right. This is this is the fun version of terrible. So they go out for the big test, and uh, it works. Leon's able to fly. Uh, unfortunately, Merlin did not design a way for him to land. Yep. So that's that's unfortunate for poor Leon, and he crash lands and decides that he is no longer going to do this. Well, first he lands in a baby buggy, yes. I think. Yeah. And and yes. it's just kind of out in the middle of nowhere. I don't know where they got this thing from. Well, no, no, no. Merlin is chasing him with the buggy first to try yes. and catch him <laughs> in the buggy, and then Merlin like trips and the buggy starts rolling off by itself and somehow he manages to land in it anyway. I, I just didn't understand how any of that worked. But honestly, like, looking at it, I don't really care. Yep. <laughs> no, why would you? <laughs> and then he I crashes mean, in with all the pigs. Well, they say, like, to, they do say, like, they're going to launch the, the thing at 90 miles per hour and then they launch it at 60 miles per hour, which is probably the only thing in the entire movie that actually confused me. And they said they, I was like, they launched early. And then I was like, okay. Yeah, they can, they can get away with that sort of thing. And 
but yes, so Leon decides he's not going to participate, and Merlin has to figure out a way to participate. So Merlin comes up with this strength formula. The Hulk? Well, even before the strength formula, yep. I have a question. Okay. I, I, I just said, and I, I lied, because I just said that I had only the one problem with the movie. This is actually my real problem with the movie. With the movie. The, Jennifer and Merlin go to talk to the judge and say the test failed. In fact, the test actually really worked. It did. Yeah, this is it true. Did. <laughs> and I didn't understand this entire scene at all. I got the impression, and this is this is must me, that it had to be like a sustained amount of time. Yeah, it was supposed to be, I think, five minutes. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that's why they say it failed because it wasn't five minutes. I felt like twenty. <laughs> he, was, it did. he was singing the whole time. I'm sure. I'm sure it did. But I'm not saying in in, in TV time it wasn't twenty. It, it wasn't that long. That's all I got. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe that was it. I'm with you though. It was like the rules were very inconsistent, to say the least. But yes, they tell the judge that the thing failed, uh, and that's when Merlin Merlin goes back and he actually comes up with the idea for the. Uh, for the strength formula, uh, he ends up giving it to Stanley to test it, which again, and not a good guardian for the monkey. Well, Jennifer gives wait, Jennifer gives it to Stanley. Oh yes, you're correct. I forgot. Yeah, she just say, "No, no, you're not going to drink that. This is what Stanley's here for." <laughs> yeah, exactly what she said. <laughs> Still, and I'm going back to with my Hulk comment. This may be this may be the the, the origin of the Hulk. Yep, it, it is glowing green. Yes. Also, here's the other funny thing, right? They call it liquid strength, which is actually actually a euphemism for alcohol. Yes. Yep. So, <laughs> and he's synthesizing liquid strength, right? Just everybody pay attention to what's actually going on here. He's That's making sense. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. So, and then, so the big day comes, uh, and Darius Green the Third shows up with Judge Holmesby, and Merlin takes the 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 liquid strength and gets launched into the stratosphere and it works great and it works successfully and Darius Green the third writes his check for ten million in in fact he writes it for twenty million because he's so impressed. And then the men with the straight jackets show up. <laughs> yep. After we get educated on the word shatterpated. Yes. It's actually a real word. He did not make it up because I looked it up. That almost concerns me as much as Mr. Darius Green the Third. <laughs> that I looked it up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I know. I want. To, I'm like, is that a real thing? Because you know, because I thought like Twitter painted, right? So I was like, okay, fair enough. Made up Disney thing. So I looked it up. No, real word means exactly what he says it does in the movie. Okay then. There you yeah, go. Yeah. At, at this point in the movie, I was I was live tweeting it, and my comment. <laughs> about this sequence is that an insane man escapes riding bareback on a horse. This is an appropriate ending to the movie, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because he writes the check, they find out that he is in fact an escaped mental patient. But, and and so like judge Holmesby and everybody's upset because they figure, Oh, well, Mr. Astrobilt is going to come and and write the $1 million check to the other guy. And they're going to have to give up football. It turns out it's the same guy. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Yes. Literary irony. Yep. It's, it's by, the like, the end, it, by the way, the end oh, of Henry notes, story. Exactly. The end of my notes, by the way, just say football is saved. Henry rides off on a horse. Everyone laughs. The end. Pretty much. He does. <laughs> he does escape from the gentleman 
with the long car and the straight jackets and jumps on a horse bareback and rides away. Yeah, I hold silver. Away, yes. Um, I also also um I I want I forgot where where this came up. Um, but at some point they use the sound that's on the Jungle Cruise for the animals, or is that the Tiki Room? It, it's one of the two attractions. Oh, uh, it's when um yeah when they makes a noise yes. in, the, yeah. in the lab. But I forget which attraction it is. Tiki Room. Thank you. <laughs> Which would have been uh, in development right about this time. So maybe they took – actually, the Tiki Room opened in, what, 67? Uh, you would be better than me. It's 64 or 67, somewhere in there, I think. So it would, it, we're in the same time frame. So maybe that was uh, something they had laying around. Yeah, this is a weird movie. But like Todd said, it's one of those fun turn your brain off type of a things, and I think they were much more successful with that in this one than they were in the earlier one. Yeah, because they didn't take it seriously because they realized, hey, you know what, this is going to make us money because the last one made us a ton of money, and it, it did. Both this yeah. sequel actually made a ton of money for that for the studio at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess my biggest problem with this movie versus the first one is that he seems a lot more mean to his girlfriend in this one and it says some really really nasty stuff i mean the the whole line about how you ask the most brilliant dumb questions of anyone i know and this is our hero saying this to his girlfriend <laughs> you know what you and just made me think of <laughs> was the point where he um, where he turns around and he, he to scare her with that crazy look on his face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, though he 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 is much less attention giving to her in the in this movie than he is in the first one. Yeah. Well, and like for Disney films of this era, you pretty much the the female lead had one of two roles, which is this one, the subservient girlfriend, or the Suzanne Plachette. In you know, like horrible human being to to yes, her husband. Right. It was one or the other. There was no <laughs> character complexity. You know, right. small and mousy or large and in charge. Yeah, that's 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 actually the the perfect way to put it. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I wanted to add that there's a there is a comic book adaptation of this movie. You know, of course there is. That was, was big in time. Of course there is. Right. Also. The coolest thing that I found on eBay is that there is a lenticular changing monkey's uncle pin that was part of was the movie promo for the time. Right? And it says, well, I'll be. And then when, it, when you flip the, you know, you turn it just a slightly, it'll say monkey's uncle with, with a picture of Stanley in the middle of it. That's a little scary. It actually looks cool. You sh- I'll, it'll be in the show notes. I'll link to it. I'm one of them on eBay. Check it out. All right, so let's rate the monkey's uncle. Rachel, why don't you take the first stab at this? Okay. Um, I think I was I was pretty fair to the first one, The Misadventures of Merlin Jones, but I think I'm going to give this one a two, just because I, the meanness towards Annette was just kind of unnecessary, and the first half really dragged on for me. The second half and the reveal at the end that, um, that the guy was a mental patient was pretty hilarious, and I'm glad that I watched it, but it's not one that I would probably go back to anytime soon. So, two stars. All right. Cheryl, what about you? I'm going to go with um, two, and, two and two quarters, not to, not to copy Rachel, but um, I also feel that this was like a little bit long. Um, I did enjoy it, though. I mean, I, I thought it was, you know, I didn't have problems watching it. 
I didn't feel like the need, like, sometimes I feel the need, like, to fast forward, and I can't because I'm with Todd, or Todd <laughs> stops a lot. Because I was able to watch this separately from Todd, I really, I think I, I think I enjoyed the movie more, and I think that's just because, you know, I wouldn't have to pause all the time. Yeah. All right, Todd, what about you? So, you know, this is this is actually like a, a semi-fun movie. You know, it's it's like I said earlier, you just you don't really need to think about this one. You don't even need to remember it. You can just like every once in a while you can go, Oh, it's that song with the it's that movie with the song, and then you listen to the song and you probably just pause it then and be done. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> but uh overall it's just it's not a great movie. But it's it's enjoyable, strangely. <laughs> it, it is. So I'm going with two and a quarter. All right. Uh, yeah, I I'm right there with you guys. I would give it probably a two and a half. Um, I, I was re- I read some of the reviews uh, from back in the day. I think the New York Times actually got the best review. I don't know if you guys read this one, but the 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 main quote from the review was: "It all falls into bright, colorful, and innocuous non sequitur, and in an hour and a half, you are yes. through." Mildly diverted and unburdened by message. I think that sums it up perfectly. Oh, it does absolutely. <laughs> Before yeah. we wrap up too much, Ryan, I, I know your I know your youngest child chose not to watch the movie. Chose <laughs> to take a shower instead. No, um, no, no. So I turned the movie on okay. and I said, and I said, "Do you want to watch this?" And she said, "Yes." And then she walked into the shower. And she came <laughs> back and she caught the second half of it, and she basically felt like she'd seen the whole movie. <laughs> Yep. And I couldn't really argue with her. <laughs> what did your other child think of it? Uh, he actually watched more of this than he does most of the films that we watch. Uh, and he thought there was a lot of monkey. <laughs> he, all right. I mean, I think I think we're all in the same range of like, this is harmless fluff. You know, it's, yeah. it's perfectly fine. It's nothing. It's nothing you're going to go seek out necessarily unless you want to watch it to listen to the show. Uh, but it's it's fine. It's harmless fluff. It's not, you know, like like Rachel said, because of the way it was made in the 60s, there's some, you know, some stuff that you probably would make you wince a little bit in the way that uh, Tommy Kirk talks to Annette Funicello or if you're a big Annette Funicello fan. But other than that, like, there's nothing offensive about this. It's just fun, you know, silliness. Oh, and that's the reason why I picked this movie, by the way, um, because we did have a poll. And as everyone remembers, our lovely poll. And um, so Annette was one of the people voted, but she didn't have four films. So that's why we picked it to cover. Because she didn't have four films, so we we picked it to cover. So There you go. Fill in the void. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our look at The Monkey's Uncle. If you guys agree with us or disagree with us, you need to let us know. Uh, go over to the show notes at DisneyFilmProject.com. Like we mentioned, we'll have some stuff there about the movie. And you can leave a comment and let us know what you think. Uh, whether you agreed with us or disagreed or or what you felt. Um, you can also email us, DisneyFilmProject.gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Disney Film Project, And, of course, you can tweet us at DizFilmProject. Uh, you're listening to the show. Hopefully you have listened through iTunes or you can listen to on Stitcher or Diz Dad's Radio. We, any way you want to listen is fine with us. But once you listen, if you like the show, please go and leave a rating or a review on iTunes. That actually helps people find the podcast very easily. Uh, it makes a big difference in when people are like searching Disney or movies or something like that. 
the more ratings or reviews you have, the more often uh, the podcast shows up. So that would be great. Or if you would like to just uh, send everyone you know a flash drive with the last five episodes of the show, that'd be great too. We we appreciate we we would take that. <laughs> Drop them from airplanes, whatever you prefer. We're good with that. <laughs> just not turkeys. Correct. No turkeys from the airplanes. Yeah, so th- that would be great. If you guys could do that, we would really appreciate it. Uh, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. So uh, until next week, for Todd and Cheryl and Rachel, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you again soon. Will you try to be scientific for a moment and not just feminine? Imagine a wingspan of 10 feet. Love all those monkey shines. Every day is Valentine's. I love the monkey's uncle. And the monkey's uncles ate for me. But English is a foreign language. England is a foreign country, isn't it? <laughs>